0: They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it?
1: These go to 11.
0: To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your
1: hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. I whip my hair. I whip my hair. What? I whip my hair. Just whip uh,
0: it, whip it, whip it, whip, whip it. Whip it. Whip uh, 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 uh. uh, it we're 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 real good! Uh, 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 Pop up out of bed, turn my swag on. on. No attention to them haters, cause I rip them off. Whip. We ain't doing nothing wrong, so nothing. don't tell me nothing. Just trying to have fun, keep the party jumping, jumping. What, what? up? What? what? What up? What? Whip! Whip! What? Whip! 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 Boy, I whip my hair! whip my hair! I whip it! Whip it! Whip it! Whip it! Whip it! What's
2: going on? We're, oh my god. We're the video <laughs> of us right now <laughs> I
0: think Jim just had a seizure Oh my gosh I wish I
2: would have videotaped that Oh god, you're making me sweat <laughs> I should be sweating doing a podcast Believe it or not, there's a reason why we picked that song oh. Our guest today is Who uh, <laughs> lives in the land of hair Oh my gosh, welcome everybody Thank you so much <laughs> For indulging us and uh, joining us on Thoughts at Rock, it is the podcast that is about exchanging two pieces of life-changing advice. And we try and squeeze that into about thirty minutes or so. <sighs> okay.
0: People don't wet my hair. This, this podcast is brought to you by bookie call bookie call bookie call is a free app mm-hmm. that is an innovative book discovery platform. Love it. Uh, you sign up, you uh, tell it the types of books you like, and it recommends books for you to read. Mm. Uh, In fact, it even sends you bookie calls in the middle of the night. What is that? So you can book up with your favorite Mm. books that you don't even know yet. I get it. You get it now? Book ups. I like
2: that. I like that. It's
0: safer. Than what? Than hooking up. I got you. Booking up. Worst case scenario, paper cut.
2: (laughs) Best case scenario? (laughs) Knowledge. So what you're saying is people suck. Date a book. I got you. Listen, if you like the show, do us a favor. Go online. I say online, wherever you can put a rating and a review. probably have to do that on your podcast platform. But giving us a review, like a few written words. It could be any word. Something like awesome, amazing, fantastic, fabuloso. I'm sorry, Fabuloso. Oh wait, that's the cleaner. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something else. It's purple. Give us a rating, a five star rating, and yep. a review. That would help us a lot because, believe it or not, it matters. People see those ratings; yes. they want to the check ratings. it out. We get more people. Get that more generates people. more money. We raise we can more give money. We give it away. We give it to
0: Cannonball Kids Cancer. They
2: deserve it. They do. They Tell do. Us an, about Cannonball Kids Cancer. Listen,
0: they do amazing work. Mm-hmm. They fund cutting edge research that nobody else funds to start trying. Uh mm-hmm. for children who've been told there are no more options. Yeah. So we're in the business of creating options, and so should you. So go to CannonballKidsCancer.org and figure out how you can get involved. Yeah.
2: Listen, we know how busy you are too, and grabbing yep. just a moment, a little window of time to break away and uh you know, amp up your life, make it yep. just a little bit better, level the up, bit. the kids like to say these days. <laughs> It's tough, but you can do it. You can. And it doesn't really matter what you're doing. does you not. You be the show, but yep. I bet you're doing something else. Like what? Right now. Like I don't what? know. You could be, mm-hmm. I don't know, on a long flight home from Tucson. Put your mask on. Maybe you're siphoning gas from an abandoned <laughs> Pinto, like on The Walking Dead. Maybe you're sharpening your knife set. Does not matter to us. We it just doesn't. want to be the half hour that you've been waiting for. Hey, you know what? This whole week. Shake them off. Let's do this. wicked, <laughs> Our guest today is our good friend Mentor Dial, who is an international professional speaker. Mm-hmm. He's an elevator—I love that term. Mm-hmm. He's an entrepreneur and a multiple award-winning author. He really specializes in leadership and branding and transformation. Uh, we, we talk about Mentor quite a bit. He truly is one of the most interesting people that we know. The truth. First off, Mentor, welcome to Thoughts at Rock. Jim and Brent, you guys rock.
1: Listen,
0: you know you're one of our favorites, man. He's Ever since we've met him, um, we have realized that we live boring lives.
2: Extremely. <laughs> extremely. No, yes. you don't. You guys are awesome. I, lo- I get inspired by you guys. Uh, well, that's kind, but... When you look at uh, Mentor's yeah, bio in the show notes, let's stop the comparisons. You know, let t- tell people a little bit about. Just go over some of the highlights. Yeah, we won't do the whole thing. First off, he was 16 years as a top executive at L'Oreal. Where? In L'Oreal. Oh, I didn't. I've never heard of, the, of that. Yeah, giant, you're not worth it. Um, yeah, that, exactly. That giant billion dollar brand. <laughs> well, you don't pay attention to your hair. Oh, that's so. true. Uh, you know, he was part of the executive committee for the Professional Products Division there. Also, before that, he mm-hmm. was the global managing director for Redkin. You also? Oh, Redkin? Yeah, oh. that you know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's a uh, prolific writer with mm-hmm. four books. We'll have all of those obviously listed. But really, his latest book on leadership is the one yep. that we know because to to be transparent here. Uh, we were very lucky to be a part of yeah. pushing that thing out there. It was called "You Lead: How Being Yourself Makes You a Better Leader." Mm-hmm. Uh, that came out this last year in 2021. We showcased it at Bookstar PR. Yep. Uh, you know, also Mentor's been blogging since 2006. I think he invented <laughs> blogging. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no such thing. No such. Yeah, thing. It's, it's possible. You should you you should just say it, and yeah. people will believe it in our audience. That's right. Um, he's the host of his own podcast, which he does weekly, called Mentor Dialogue. He's been doing that for, I don't know, uh, 11 years, 12 years, something like that now. my 12 yeah. now. Gosh. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and listen, if you want to get him going, Brant, talk yeah. to him about the Grateful Dead uh-huh. or paddle tennis. Listen. Or his love of generating meaningful conversations. He has, he has
0: brought us to the world of paddle tennis. We're going to have a Thoughts That Rock team here. Just soon. on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that would be
2: so uh, Actually, for people that don't know, I know we've talked about this in the past uh, separately. What? Is paddle tennis
1: all right? First of all, it's pronounced that. Oh, oh, right. So, sorry, yeah. it, it helps if you have a little bit of tequila nearby <laughs> or, or sangria, yeah, or, okay? or you're from Europe. You've gotta, yeah, you got to channel your Spanishness, okay? El bad-el. Bad-el. Because there are, yeah, because there are two other forms of paddle tennis spelled yes. P A D D L E. Yes, this is mm. P A D E L and oh, El padel bad. Um, is, is similar, if you will, to platform paddle tennis, which is played in Northeast or California paddle, which is basically a mini tennis um, where you just have a net. Paddle is, a, is really a game that you can play as a three-year-old through to an 80-year-old. And, and somehow I associate it with playing with a smile because unlike tennis, which is a real grunt, yeah. squash, which is a real killer, for your heart and your knees. Yep. But then, you, there's something fun about the fact that you don't know how the ball's going to bounce all the time. So the unpredictability brings humility, mm. and you play as pairs, doubles all the time, and and it's really easy to start to play. It's quite hard to play well mm. because it's so easy to keep the ball in play. So the issue then becomes how not to mis- make a mistake or, and try to find a way to win a point because you just get all the balls back. Yeah. So li- literally there was a, just in a tournament in Mexico, a point that lasted over se- one point, over seven minutes. <laughs> oh wow. Gosh. And it wasn't like they were just powder puffing, you know, yeah. here I you go, that. oh, yeah. I'm gonna send yeah. it to you. No, yeah. it was going at it, wanting to, these are four wow. professionals. Mm. Anyway, that gives you an idea of the challenge of the game. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's beginning to appear in the United States, but of course in the United States you got to do things differently. So mm-hmm. you got your pickleball, you got your yep. platform paddle, and, yeah. and those are all fun. But el Padel is the fastest growing sport in the world. Whoa, wow. Looking to get it into the Olympics. It's um it's generally best played in Spain, Argentina, Mexico, but it's big be- it's blowing up in sweden wow it's a uh, huge in italy and uh if you if ever want to travel to Europe, go and find a padel court yeah. sign up if you like sports it is just shit fun i i mean i, I play two hours i burn 1500 calories i'm <sighs> a i'm 57 so that's a lot i get mm. my heartbeat up to 160 Wow. And and uh, yeah, it's fun. There you go. That's an incitement.
2: Well, we'll put a link in the show notes, but for because this is an audio podcast, you can't just jump onto a tennis court, right? I mean, give them yeah. a, a visual real quick, isn't it? Where you've got to have four walls. Is it's enclosed? Yeah. So there, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's closed. Four walls, net in the middle. Uh, every ball has to hit the ground uh, to be in, uh, but you can play it off the walls. So wall, fun. So floor, wall, bounce, mm. hit. That's awesome, and, and you can also, of course, take it on the volley. But the fact is, it's not just walls; there's actually netting, which mm. means that the ball bounces weirdly off the netting. That was the yeah. unpredictability that I was talking about. Mm, yeah. The size of the court—you can fit two and a half paddle courts in a tennis court. So if you're like having a home and you're thinking of getting a tennis court, but it's gonna be crush, yeah, go paddle because yeah. you can still have a garden beside it. Yeah, and and by the way, it's a it. cheaper. Yeah, and you can play it from three to eighty, whereas lawn tennis uh it's it's a big court when you get to 80 years old i mean yeah. that is you know you're not gonna it's not happening oh, and Listen, as any- a three-year-old
0: it's huge any sport that i can rifle shots towards jim's head i'm in <laughs> right. yeah because right.
1: if, he's, if he's on your team or not right? no, well it doesn't matter if
0: it he's doesn't, behind it me it it fi- it'll find its as, way to the back of my head as long yeah. as
2: i'm towards the back that's right well, well he's got that
1: hair protection he's got that's
2: that right that helmet, that's hair right protection. that's right the the paddle ball that's would right. actually stick that's in right. there. That's listen right. you guys are burning a thousand calories i just ate a thousand <laughs> at lunch <laughs> which is why i probably need to take up well it's okay i
1: just i just drank a thousand yeah yes So see
2: we've all got we've all got our demons
1: that's right
2: well uh this is not uh an episode about uh padel tennis but uh, it could be like you said Brian, we should probably just do one on the side um as you know mentor you've listened to a couple of these episodes before uh you know we're not going to do the traditional long interview style we love to get right to the heart of the leadership you know context the advice the thought that you have our audience just craves that type of stuff so we're just going to leave the floor open to you and uh you know we'd love to hear what is your thought that rocks Thoughts that look number one.
1: You are going to grow from this experience.
2: Hmm.
0: Now, well, I'm going to just flat out say. That mentor's one of the best storytellers we know. So I am dying to. There hear. has to be a story. I am dying to hear where this where this story comes from. Where did this thought come from? Wouldn't it be awesome if we just rolled credits
2: and that yeah. was it? We just gave you the thought with no context. <laughs> You're, You're gonna grow from this this is it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: No, of course he's done. F- 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 <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, yeah. So, first of all, I. I I, uh, you know, expectations about being a storyteller. Uh-oh, I start sweating my palms. Maybe I need to drink more of my whiskey. <laughs> Woodford Reserve to the rescue. Nice. Um, yeah. So this is what happened. I was working at L'Oréal, the cosmetics company, headquartered in France. I was working in France, and I was uh, on the development team of a brand called Kerastase, which is a high-end uh, hair care brand. I mean, the shampoos cost over 50 bucks for 250 milliliters. And... um oh. And that was launching a, a new product and, I, and uh, I had to present it to the CEO. So you go to Clichy, which is the headquarters, which is you know, already a taxi ride, and, and you're bringing all these materials and you're thinking about every possible question mm. that they could possibly answer because you, you, you have to know it all. Yep. That's what you're paid to do. You have to yep. know it all. And plus you have to deliver it with sheen, brilliance, and wow people in a very short period of time. So you go into this, you're waiting outside, and then they, they say, oh, it's your turn. And then you come in to what's called the confrontation room, la salle de la confrontation. <laughs> dun, dun, this, is all, dun, right? this is all being in French. Yeah. So you, 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 you get wheeled in. They actually walk in. okay? But you, you walk in, and there's a, an, a, basically an amphitheater where there's this huge, really imposing wooden round table with a small slit in the middle. You walk through that and then you go down two steps and then you're in the middle in the pit <laughs> and surrounded by the about, I'd say 40 chairs, where leather chairs, of course, mm-hmm. at the center of which is the CEO, surrounded by number two, number three, yeah. and then, everybody has a specific assigned seat and there's a light tch, <laughs> shines on you and uh, and then there you are to wow you have a screen that projects and you have five minutes to wow the entire room and there's basically a thumbs down thumbs up approach to this gosh well let see oh Coliseum. yeah yes. oh totally and, and by the way, behind the, the row of, of people in the leather chairs, you've got another set of rows of the, the minions of the, <laughs> yes. the number twos and threes yes. of each of the people at the table. Yeah. And so it's a big packed room. It's hot. It's dark. And there you're presenting your thing. And I come in first time and I completely blew it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember my name. Oh, I mean, gosh. I was so stuck in the, the moment, transfixed with fear, and nothing to do with my inability to speak naturally, or even to speak French, I just, just, I lost the plot. Yeah. So my boss had to step in, and she sort of quickly, you know, shoved me aside and said the thing, and, and I went, went out, and guess how I felt? Yeah, hmm. yeah, not great. <laughs> no, not great. We in England we like to understate. Yes, um, there are there are other terms we could use. Yes, <laughs> and I am unc- inconsolably horribly just this is it. You know. Mortified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and 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 uh, I, 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 some moment as a break, and one of the members of the team who works in the this, depart, this division, the the uh, hairdresser division, he's a rugby man from the south of France. And I always had an affection for him. He was always very soulful, um, you know, yet a uh, hard ass and, and part of the culture. But he comes over to me and he's a little bit taller and certainly a lot rounder. And, he's, and his name was Jacques. And he says, uh, Minter, I have faith in you. I trust you will succeed. You will grow from this experience. And it was a magnanimous thing to do because everybody else thought I was a pariah at that point, untouchable, yeah. <laughs> you know, waste, a waste, your, you know, your history. And that's how I felt for sure. And, and that act of generosity, first of all, was beautiful. Mm. You don't need to kick somebody who's down. Yeah. And, and, and so that was one point. And then the other point, of course, is that really life is all about, dealing with shit Mm -hmm. that actually is what is life characterizes it sure and and it's how you deal with those moments and and so within life there are experiences so as much as you guys (laughs) it's horrible we're all authors writing books you can learn so much from books actually you learn most from experience yeah yeah and you learn awfully a lot if you're open to it from your failures yeah but, you know, it's not fun to do it. It's not like you want to fail. Yeah. But it turns out that it's in those moments, maybe unexpectedly, that you have to then find the resilience, the reserve within you to go back and say, all right, I can f-ing do this. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I go from this numbed, catastrophic experience of speaking to turning into a speaker. So if only I could say, hey, Jacques, merci. <laughs> Yeah. He he really that his words forever stayed with me. And I think that is what we can do when we see somebody else how we can pick them up is to go over and be generous enough to to show support even when the chips are down. And and then also just to think that it's when those chips are down that the learning goes up. Yep.
2: So yep. it's funny that you say that because you know, I, I guess my first question would have been, how did that affect your life? But you're sort of saying it right now. You're already answering it, that you probably have more awareness that when this happens to other people, you can be their Jacques, right? You can be the, the, the consoler, the elevator, if I can use your own word. You can throw your arms around them and go, don't worry about it. This too shall pass. You'll learn from it. You'll grow from it. You know, we've sort of jokingly shared, you know, you look at life like uh, like Shrek, You know, like ogres are like onions, right? It's like layers. And I've used this terminology of you can either look at things as them happening to you or for you. And probably the first time you get whacked about the face, if I was ever in the confrontation room, I probably would lose it as well. But if you're open to saying this moment right now sucks, but I'm going to get better, I'm going to learn from it, then you start to look at things as happening for you. And you become happier, healthier, more productive. You become an impact and influence for other people. So. You sort of already answered, you know, my question. How did that affect your your life? But you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe this would be the question. How have you used that in a speaker role now? Now, remembering what that experience was like.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I want to add one more thing, Jim, which is that cultures of, I would say, toxic fear and control. Uh, I don't think they're necessary. Mm -hmm. I also kept that thought, even though that's in the organization that was the overriding culture at the time, it apparently has changed since, which is great news. But while I was working there, that was the reigning culture. Mm -hmm. And it really, I, I, I I wanted to have empathy for other people who were going through the same type of fear. And so I kept that experience throughout my work experience too, how do you create a culture that has demands has exigencies but is also humane at some level and of course Jacques was part of the same culture so it exists within the culture mm-hmm. but you need to have it now so the other thing i want to throw out was is, is that he was a rugby player
0: mm-hmm.
1: and certain cultures certain communities i feel have better values than others mm-hmm. certain sports promote a different type of vibe and, and Rugger has always been one of my top ones. As far as speaking is concerned, well, a- amongst other things, the, the key is to practice. In, in, the, in the situation that I was in, it was so much to learn. I could only do one run-through, by which I mean I had to remember everything. And if I had any spare time, I had to remember more things. Mm-hmm. It was more is more is more is more yep. about everything, as opposed to focus on what you have to say and just hammer that practice it until you're and spot. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the issue was the inexhaustible amount of stuff that I had to remember. And that's what actually blacked my mind out. So when you are in a speaking mode, yeah, I have lots of experiences, I have probably lots of stories, and I don't remember every story perfectly at the moment when I want to say it in the speech. But I have a great idea of the arc. I know, yeah. I know my pieces. I have the three talking points that are going through it. Yep. And I, I'm, I'm now so solid in my material. Yeah. And also practiced in the art of trying to avoid non-words and <laughs> using the floor and changing the rhythms and yeah. the, these, the, the skill of, of speaking. I've practiced it. So I, I now feel... Well, maybe it it woke me up anyway, I suppose, to the real need to know your topic and practice.
2: So real quick, first off, I think you are a lot like that because as long as you get the main story arc and the bullet points, you can talk around it. I am very different. I have to be detailed and I'm hyper aware, probably to a fault in so many things, whether it's animation, bullet point, image, what I'm about to say, what people are doing, what the temperature of the room, like I'm, I'm all about that. And, and I'm not saying I couldn't move and spend on a dime if something needed to happen. I'm just, I've got that pre-planned in my head, knowing that I can still be nimble and flexible to adjust if I need to. But but I did want to say one thing, and then I'll turn it over to Brandt. Um, I, it's funny that you say that, because I talk about culture. Obviously, you know I worked for one of the greatest cultural brands out there, Hard Rock International. I did that for two decades. I wrote a book about culture. So I'm with you. I was asking the question, I think, not just uh, our own skill set, but I'm more aware the more businesses, brands that I'm in front of, that there still permeates uh, throughout some of these that same leadership style that you talked about. They still manage through threats and punishment and fear and you will do this or else. And it blows my mind because I think today's workforce will laugh at that and just go screw you, and they'll just go somewhere else because they can because pretty much anybody can get a job almost anywhere now. I say that loosely, but it is a little bit more of an employee's world right now. It does blow my mind, Mentor, that there are still companies that do that, maybe even a couple industries, like you said, that that sort of exists. Unless you're making a, a ton of money, I don't see how people can take it because if you were going to treat me, if, if there was such a thing as a, as a confrontation room and I was going to be beaten about the, the face. In presenting an idea, I'm not so sure I'd be able to work in that culture. So, it just it blows my mind. Brent, you've you've failed a lot. Where, where would you take it from here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, nice, that was nice, a weird nice transition. Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. too easy. Um, a couple of things. So, the idea of a confrontation room, I I just love it. I love it on so many levels, but I do also believe that it's different in Europe than it is here in the Mm. States. Mm -hmm. I think at least, you know, I, 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 I wish I could remember the name of this company, but there was a company over there that did strategic planning and their philosophy was all of the strategic planning should come basically from confrontation, Mm. right? Is that that's when you, when there's confrontation, you have truth. That is coming from both sides, deeply held beliefs from both sides. And that's where the strategy comes in. And if you don't have confrontation, is it really strategy? And so it was an interesting Interesting. spin, um, but they didn't look at confrontation as a negative thing at all. It was just sort of an expected thing that was needed to get to where you needed to go. And so because of the way it was positioned, we didn't, you know, here, I don't want confrontation because somebody wins and somebody loses there. It's like, it's the necessary step to get to that strategic Mm. outcome. Um, So I found that very interesting. I I, I think on a couple of fronts, on the speaking side, mentor, you and I are, are, you know, brothers on that side of just, I, I go into it with a a good friend of ours, uh, Tamsin Webster, um, wrote a, book, uh, wrote a book called Find Your Red Thread, and she teaches this process of delivering a message through what she describes and, and has created, which is her red thread, which is f- basically five steps. Um, that it doesn't matter if you know word for word what it is that you want to say, as long as you know where you are in this process of what's, mm-hmm. what step you're on, you can talk all you want about that particular step and if lights go down power goes out wi-fi stops what it doesn't matter if you lose everything you can still c- conduct yourself in a way that you're still an expert and you're still having a powerful way to connect with somebody and so you know i approach every talk that way I, you know a lot of my talks have parts of them that are similar no matter what i'm talking about um but no two talks are exactly the same and that's by design for me because I want to leave enough space to capture the truth in the room, which is, which is something that I think is crucial for great speakers, not any speaker, but great speakers leave enough space to capture the truth in the room. Thank you. Um, yes, Jim, (laughs) if you, um, don't then, then it's canned. It's not real. It's not authentic. It, you can feel it. You can taste it sometimes. It's just not good. Yeah. There are a ton of great presenters in the world. There are very few great speakers in my opinion anyways. And that's because most of them are too scared to let something happen in the room. And I want something to happen in the room because that's what they're going to remember that lightning in a bottle of that moment. That thing that happened that was unexpected is what is the first thing that comes to mind from everybody when they leave. It's the one thing they're going to tell everybody about the entire talk. Mm -hmm. And so I have to have enough interaction with the crowd and leave enough space to have that Holy shit! Moment where you don't quite know what is going to happen or what's going to happen next. Um, it's what keeps me wanting to do that. So mm-hmm. on one side, that was that. On the other side, I just wanted to talk for a second. The thing that I love about this story, Minter, is is that I break it into two parts here. When you when you sort of explain this scenario of you you were put in this position to really shine. Uh, you shit the bed and, and knew it. And it was like, Oh gosh, I don't, uh, you know, so here's, here's Jacques, who's this guy you respect, you know, comes from rugby, comes from the rough and tough, right. Sort of, sort of world. And, and what I love about it is the first thing he did was said, I I have faith, I have faith in you Mm -hmm. before he Mm -hmm. talked about what you just did. He said, I have faith in you. And, and that to me, is so important to, to break those things apart, right? It's one thing to talk about what just happened and that you're going to grow from this experience. It's mm-hmm. another thing to, before that even happens for him to say, I have faith in you. I believe in you. Um, that to me is like, when you hear people talk about giving an apology mm-hmm. and if it's anything other than I'm sorry, it's not an apology. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, um, right. In that same light, it would have been so easy for him to go to that learning moment so quickly and just jump on what didn't happen or what you did wrong and, and start Mm -hmm. to teach. But instead he just makes it about you and says, I I don't care. You know, I know what just happened there. That's fine. But I believe in you first and foremost. And then to say, you'll grow from this experience. It has so much more weight Mm -hmm. when you know that all he really cares about is you. Right. I mean, that was the first thing that that happened was it wasn't about the moment. He separated the moment from the man. And that to me is, it says everything about a great leader.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I, I do hope that Jack gets a chance to hear this call. It's been a few years. Uh, I, want, I wanted to uh, bounce back on this idea of conflict or mm. this confrontation. I'm, I'm in the process of, of conjuring up my next book. And, and I feel that we've gotten into a situation where not only do we not want conflict, we, we're we afraid of other opinions mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you go too far out and you say the wrong word and people react mm-hmm. to that word. And, you know, so we can't even say what we want to say. So uh, let's call it in my language, perhaps not politically correct, but yeah. too much political correctness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. Uh, political incorrectness somehow we need to re-inject into our conversations to uh and as you say strategy is about choice mm-hmm. you can't have everything mm-hmm. so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to find a method to come to to terms on what we have and in organizations you have to have tension because that's what the cfo exists to say uh uh-uh, we don't have budget for that mm-hmm. yep. and so whether it's time or clients or whomever you have to make choices and so where do you have that forum to openly discuss and and there's nothing worse than the yes, Manning, uh, yes, sir, yes, man, um, yeah. in in a in a business where you're not giving open form. And so, one of the things that I'm interested in doing is reinviting people to have meaningful conversations where we can politely or civilly anyway yeah. disagree. Yeah. And and rather than get twisted up in our you know, maybe emotional bent. Uh-huh. Present things in a way does, doesn't have to be rude to you. But this, mm-hmm. I you know, I politely disagree with you. And this is this, and thisness, and I can present some ideas and some facts, of course, too. Some stories, by the way, mm-hmm. always good. Yeah, and and do it in a way where it's not a, a personal affront. We've lost our ability to do that in society, and it's all about me. We're so afraid of death that we, we put aside all the messiness of life and it's just got to be do, 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 and we forget to be. Yeah. And, and so I feel like we need to find a, a way for us to allow for us to have good confrontation.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. as you say, Brent, that's absolutely true. And I, I want to finish on another anecdote, which is uh, something that unites us all, and that's music. So we've been talking about speaking, um, but I, I, so I've been to, I I counted roughly 800, maybe 900 concerts in my life. I played in maybe 50, but nothing great, you know, just seeing little things, nothing like you guys. Um, I, uh, and I went to see, as you know, the grateful, very grateful, a few hundred times. And, and the thing about them is that they never did one show the same way. So, you go see the Rolling Stones two nights in a row, that's a mistake. <laughs> because yep. Jagger runs down the left alleyway yes. to the end, he he skates to the end, he brings his microphone wire around and he, you know, start me up, you know, yeah. and there he goes and the next night does exactly the same thing, yes. the lighting's tracking him over. Yes. I mean, I, I exaggerate a little bit, but that's basically what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas with The Dead, he didn't know what next note was coming, that's much right. less next that's song. Right. That's and right. what was the experience you're having. And so I think that we need to uh, know that life is an experience. It's a one time around, it's not a dress rehearsal. And that's what we need to be living on like. And so when you introduce Brandt into your speaking, the idea of the air, or the, the silence or the mistake, well, that is life, actually, and allowing you to have that interactivity, yeah. First of all, it keeps you excited because sure. you don't you don't bore yourself. That's you tell right. the story another way. That's right. Just because you want to try that rabbit hole, why not? And yep. then, and then everyone else is like, "Ooh, yeah, what's going to happen next?" Yeah. Na 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 na.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Listen, I think it, it actually leads perfectly into our, our next thought that we were going to share with you. That that sort of follows along that same uh, thought path. It's from Zig Ziglar. Uh, and our our thought this week is this. Rock, step, rock, number two. If you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. But if you're determined to learn, no one can stop you. And and I think that that's really what this is about. Is that to, back to what you were just saying, Mentor? I think we've got ourselves into this scenario as a society where the differing opinions has stopped us from being willing to learn like we think we've got it figured out and we don't want to listen to the other side because they're wrong um being able to have a conversation of differing opinions with civility is the only way to get to um some some sort of a resolution where everybody can live with and support the decision as opposed to you win you lose either you get on board or get off the train Um, and that sort of the experience that I think it's gotten worse and worse and worse over the last few years. Um, but this this idea that we can differ, this idea that if we just came to the table with this willingness to learn um, and at least try to understand where someone else is coming from, uh, how, how is that a bad, I don't see any way that you can position that as a bad thing. Um, if we take wins and losses off the table and just make it about understanding, um i don't know maybe it's just me but i think that that's just such a much better way to approach everything in this day and age where we are so afraid to say the wrong thing or we're so afraid to offend someone or we're so afraid to stand up for what we believe in because we're going to get centered or categorized over here and then everyone's going to think of you in this particular light like you can't change your mind or like you can't you know what i mean there's no there's no evolution at all and that that to me is such a, such a sad state because if we're not evolving, what are we doing? Um, I I think that at least for me, it's my goal to continually evolve, to continually learn and discover what, what the other side feels and thinks so that you're not just shoving your opinion down someone's throat, like, like, You know, it's been sort of that way with religion for years, no matter what you choose to believe, there's always a segment of every religion that wants to shove it down your throat and whether you like it or not, this is the way it is. It it never goes well. No one ever goes, oh, thank you. Thank you for shoving that down my throat and making me choke on it (laughs) because now I believe what you believe. Uh, I don't know that that has ever happened, but if you just went into Having discussions with people with the thought process of, I just want to learn where you're coming from. That's it. I just want to learn where you're coming from. I'm not saying that I'm going to agree with you. I'm not saying that you have to agree with me. I just want to understand. Have you found that that sort of approach is something that you've leaned into through, through your incredible career
1: um, that you've had thus far? I love that whole layup, and uh, it certainly goes back to what Jim was talking about with cultures still being poor, so I just did a an empathy circle uh, I host it with four other people, and the process is active listening in front of other people mutually Yeah. and, and, and so the 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 thing I want to point out right now is ego mm. because you can be open to listening, but are you open to changing your opinion? Are you open to listening to other person's real perspectives, not just their feelings and thoughts Yeah. and how far you gets in the way. And within that, how open are you actually to understanding yourself, including all your warts, your failings, Mm -hmm. you know, things in the cupboard or the closet, that are part of chips and shoulders and come out under tension. Yep. And so the the, the the there's a place for ego, which needs, we all need to have ego, we all have ego, mm-hmm. but knowing how to put it aside, and and then becoming in touch and aware of who you are as an individual. Yep. And Once you have that, there's a better chance that when you listen to somebody, it's not going to be about you, because your ego is put aside yep. you can then focus on uh, the other person not the zit on the end of my nose or right. whatever the other imperfection right. i have that's are going You're, on right
0: right i i love that i think that as i'm listening and and sort of to what we've both just said i, I think the word change is why people have a hang-up like like changing is it, It's a it's a win or lose situation. And if if are you willing to change doesn't mean change to my side, but at least be willing to me to evolve. Right. So even if it's you still end up feeling the same way and you still believe what you're going to believe, are you willing, are you open to allowing um, yourself to evolve a little bit in understanding what's happening here and where this uh conflict might be coming from and and that is uh it's i don't know we just don't we don't approach it that way we i think we approach it as you're it's tug of war you're over there i'm over here we're both going to pull as hard as we can and hopefully one of us is stronger than the other or is smarter than the other and, and can get them to the other side but we never really take that moment to just figure out why are we holding the rope <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're very transac- We're very transactional. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to tell you about the experience I just had. It was with four wonderful people who never met each other. Hmm. And and what I do is I, I ask them to speak to one another in five minute bursts and, and the other person can only reformulate. And here's the key without judgment. Hmm. And so for two hours solid, You basically let you speak for maybe two times, five minutes, but for the rest of the time you're listening, Mm -hmm. would you characterize that as a a tiring or an energizing idea of just listening to somebody for two hours? Completely tiring. Yeah. I would think it's
2: completely tiring. Most people
1: would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was super hyper energizing. Wow. Here's why. First of all, they all realized how shit they are listening in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they actually don't listen. Yeah. These are all very successful individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, we connected yeah. at a level that we just don't do. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the most humane. What they said at the end, it says, Thank well. One of the women said, "Thank you for inviting me to to be able to be feel heard. Thank you for being able to hear what you guys said, and thank you for allowing us to live this moment."
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I love it.
1: Yeah. You know why that is?
2: and I think about this all the time. Is because no one is taught listening. You think about the other forms of communication. We're all taught grammar and writing. We're all taught some sort of speech, maybe a little bit in high school. Certainly, when you go to college, certainly we do that for a living. There's no listening classes. And so, you have to go out of your way to take a Mentor Dial course, or in my case, a Franklin Covey course. You know, when you get to a moment like this where you can pull people, you extrapolate them out of the day to day life, you put them in an environment where you're going to do an exercise like that. Or I, I used to use improv acting exercises mm-hmm. because y- you always wonder how these people can be so quick. It's because they practice like crazy listening skills. They, it goes back to what you're saying, Brandt, you almost, you have a layout and, and a plan, but you're able to spin on a dime and go in a different direction. And, and people mm-hmm. that are uh, super aware of their listening skills actually become way more productive, not just as a listener, but being able to impact and influence other people. And then the other person, of course, you know, feels seen. But it's funny because I'm taking both the, you know, the quote that you had, mentor, but also taking this one from Zig Ziglar. And you think about these two together and go, it, it for the last ten, maybe fifteen years, people have been boxed in. They've got tons of emotions. Everybody's taken aside. It seems like there's no more middle ground. You almost need to have a conference, a podcast, a platform like you're saying, what if? What if you came into it with an open mind? And I say this quite a bit on the show that you'd be willing to have your mind change. Yeah. I, I think a confrontation room, a conflict exercise, would be great. But even you and I, yeah. you know, you're probably more emotional about stuff. You probably do try and ram stuff down my throat. Like I get that a little bit, but I I do think that if people were a little bit more aware, we'd be yeah. in a different place. But yeah. unfortunately what you guys are talking about sometimes is nirvana and I agree with you hundred percent. I just think, man, it will take a lot of, of pulling people into a room, get them out of their day to day to ultimately work on that behavior change because it's, yeah. it's not just in the U S it's the whole world right now. has just put themselves in this box. And if you're not willing to learn or, or as Zig Ziglar said, not determined to, you know, to, to look at it as a great exercise, or like you said, to learn from the experience, they're just going to shut down, and now all of a sudden, you just constantly have conflict, and that yeah. that gets people nowhere. I think
0: it comes. I think it comes
2: back to what Mentor just explained in
0: this empathy circle. Is you know when when we would do stuff with banding people together, Mentor um, used to work with this group that uh, was just awesome. They taught people how to collaborate. And so um, they use music to do their teaching. And so we would explain sort of the art of collaboration, what's involved with collaboration, the difference between cooperation and collaboration. And then we would break them into groups, send them off into their own little bands, if you will. And then they would write these original songs together using what they learned in, in this class about collaborating. And we'd take this back to our studios and we'd record the songs like, professionally, like you'd hear on the radio and send them back. And then every group, every band uh, within the company had this song that they did themselves, wrote themselves, and they had something that they could be proud of and have fun with. And, you know, one of the exercises that we would do each time was called the trust exercise. And it wasn't this, it wasn't trust falls and, you know, having people fall off of a table into uh, your arms. Um, It was, we would break people into say groups of five to seven, and they would have to, share a memory of, uh, a a moment when music impacted them, um, the most. And so you would sit in this, in this circle and there, and there, you might be in a circle with somebody that at work, you just want to punch them in the face. Like you, you, you have this just disdain for this person and i get it they're they're in this they're in this very small circle together and then they tell this story of how you know they were listening to this song on the car radio when they got the call that their mother died Mm -hmm. and they can't ever listen to this song the same way again and all of a sudden everybody else in that uh in that circle the the shoulders fall and it's this maybe that's why they're like (laughs) you know they are the way they are They've experienced this, this, this trauma in some way, shape or form that has made them who they are, but that understanding, that, that willingness, first of all, to be vulnerable and share, and second of all, to take that to heart and go, you know, that happened to me, um, that you started to find these points of connection that didn't exist before they were willing to share. Um, Oh, that's my favorite song. Oh, that's my favorite band. Oh my gosh. They were the first people I ever saw in concert. You start to experience these connections with music, which for, for whatever reason, as, as, as confrontational as music can be at times, it's also like the uniter. (laughs) Um, and so, so it was great to have like this harmless way to connect But share these deep, full, meaningful moments that allowed yourself to open up and maybe hear from someone later in the day. Um, And and it just created a, a stronger bond, I think, between the people in those circles. And that's what I think, Mentor, you're talking about where when you active listen, when you are willing to sort of gather some of that information, it gives you an opportunity to change
1: because now you have more information from which to make your decision. Well, um music is a, a great uniter it's a great stimulator it's something basically everybody has a story just like everybody knows a little bit about education yeah and um, I I think that for me the takeaway in in general is our need to be able to also listen to what's not said to observe the the nonverbal communication yeah. and especially to tap into the emotions. You know, it's it's one thing to hear cognitively the words coming out of my mouth. It's another thing to put the context around them and understand the the failing voice, the the quivering uh, confidence yeah. mm-hmm. and such underneath it. And that actually, probably, as my wonderful friend Alessandro said, is 90% of success in, in management. Can you're gonna you're gonna like this. I think this off. is. A, a thing that captures hopefully everything in its best way. Here we go, Share. That's how the Grateful Dead evolved, as
0: they did, was because everybody listened really hard to each other. That's the only way it can happen. You have to listen. <laughs> you have to listen.
1: I love that truth. Isn't that apropos? And, and, and why it was so true for the dead is that they had seven members of the band, which who each came from a different musical background. So you couldn't just say, hey, let's put down a you 4-4 know, four, four riff or whatever. Yeah. There was no common language at that level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just had to figure out what language they were speaking and yeah. where they wanted to go. And if you're in your own ego world, you weren't open to where they wanted to go next. Yep. And and of course they brought in the John Coltrane idea of allowing people to to do leads together, and and it wasn't just about me and my show and my big you know yep. fur, uh, furry chest.
2: Yeah. Well, if you anyway. listen to uh, what what Phil was saying there, is you just have to listen. I would even say it really goes to what both of you are saying. You also have to feel. You know, and I think if you can be so in tune with the other person to the extent that you can listen to them, repeat back to them exactly what they were intending, that they feel understood before you can make your next point. Is that going to take longer? Is that a pain in the butt? Absolutely. But you're going to get to the end zone a lot better. It reminds me of of jazz music. If you're a fan of that, it amazes me that like the Grateful Dead, these songs in a jazz group, a quartet, Quintet could go 15 minutes and at the exact moment the rest of the band knows when to lay out and let the drummer do the drum solo or the bass player take a solo or whoever and when to come back in they're not looking at each other they feel it they're listening they're totally in tune i just think if if humans, if, if if the human mindset were to move to something like that we'd be in a much better place but unfortunately we've boxed ourselves in for a variety of reasons. I mean, I, Jim Sullivan is a, is a restaurant consultant. He's probably one of our big ones in the food and beverage world. And he says, you know, school is never out for the professional student. If you're willing to constantly learn and be open-minded in whatever way, books, podcasts, conferences, listening to other people, one-on-one conversations, you're going to be well-served. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this and then I'll, I'll throw it over to Brent and he closes out here. I just, when I was looking at, again, both your Quote, you know, when I look at what what you were talking about, mentor from your experience with Jacques, and this Zig Ziglar quote, it reminds me again of my dad. Uh, my one big failing—well, I have many failings, but my one <laughs> big one is that I have no technical skills uh, of any way, shape, or form. What lighting? Carpentry, uh, technology, you name it and I he I clearly remember Email. <laughs> yes. <recording>. Yes. <laughs> podcasting <Yeah>. washing dishes <laughs> yes. None of those. Um, I, I will hire anybody. But you know I can remember and I bet you guys did as well. My father on many occasions took me outside to go work on the car at night with the holding the flashlight so he could get the work done mosquitoes are eating me and I'm in central Florida. So it's hot as I'll get out. He's trying to teach me so hard to do anything, change a battery, work on a belt that's in there, change the carburetor, change the oil, whatever it is. And he pretty much gave me the mentor dial. Like you're going to learn from this. You're going to grow from this. But to the Zig Ziglar quote, I wasn't willing to learn. Mine was all behavioral based stuff. I'm like, thank goodness. That I've got other soft skills that I can help people with. I might feel like I've got more experience in that world, but technical skills, I have none because I wasn't willing to learn. And I think – and I'm trying to use that as an analogy. I think if people were just more willing to be okay with confrontation, mm-hmm. to have convers- – I'd love to have a podcast, like you said, mentor to just debate yeah. and talk about stuff. But. Once it gets too emotional, where people are yelling at each other, yeah. cussing at each other, screaming, no, it's my way or the highway. Then you know what you've done is you've now just you know you you put a little bit of a chink in the armor yeah. in the relationship. So, yeah. I, I wish something like that existed. I hope you create something like that, mentor, because <laughs> boy, do we need that 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 very cool, calm, collected discord more than ever to get to the promised land.
1: I think well, I, I've got a sub stack that I'll be launching uh, on this topic. And yeah, um, it's called, it's going to be called Minter dialogos. Oh, the logos. I'm not sure the what meaning, that means. The, yeah. the meaning,
0: the meaning. Nice. I love it. Well, that's a perfect segue as to how can people um, connect with you? What's the best way for them to take this conversation to that next level?
1: Well, I, I suppose I'm still I'm a, a, a slave to Twitter mm-hmm. at M-D-I-A-L. Otherwise, I blog on MinterDial.com, and mm-hmm. my podcast is not so hard either. It's Minter Dialogue for those who parlay français. Mm-hmm. I have a French one as well, and uh, otherwise, that comes out once a week, um, my, my podcast, which you can find on my site, and I've got a few books available on all good the bookstores, including Bookshop.org. Mm, so nice. thanks again, Brant and Jim, for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to hang with you guys. And
2: pleasure's all ours. And now I'm gonna have to go check out padel tennis. Yes, for sure. Yes, and um, yeah. I can send you an
1: article I read on. I wrote on it. So I'll yeah, yeah. Sure, too. We totally will do that. Yeah.
2: No, honestly, you. this was such a great. Um, a great get for us to have you on the show. And I know again, we had a little bit of uh, fun for the three, four months that we were working on helping you push your book out there. Your you guys book. were awesome. Well, thank you for saying that your book is awesome. I mean, honestly, that makes that's our job what, easy. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to pull smoke and mirrors over people. They just, they <laughs> see the title, they see the book and they go, yeah, that's going to be for me. And yeah. people have really responded well. So yep. you're awesome, man. You're, you're a complete and total book star. Thanks brother. Thank Appreciate you. you. We'll talk to you soon. Rock on.
0: Hey, Rockstars, thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode.
2: Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock, rock on! on.